All right, guys, welcome back to another Sam.gov bids live episode where we walk through small business solicitations together on Sam and answer your questions along the way. Today, we do have four small business solicitations pulled up that we are going to be walking through and jumping into together in just a second. But if you are new here and you don't want to miss a future Sam.gov bids episode, consider subscribing to our channel and click the notification bell for real so that you can ask questions live on future streams. It's not just one of those things that I, I'm throwing out there to say you want to get notified on your phone um, when we go live. Uh, and if you do happen to be someone who has recently registered your business in SAM and you're looking to get started bidding, check out my website, govkidmethod.com for free and paid resources that were designed to help new federal contractors recently registered in SAM trying to get in the bidding game because you know that you need to learn how to bid to put some numbers on the board to eventually win. Um, so check out the website for that if you're looking for things over and above what we provide and the value that we offer here on the live streams. So welcome everybody. And I'll give you a quick glance right now of the solicitations we will be covering for today's session together. Number one, we have uh, launch facilities latrine services. So latrine services, think porter potties. Number two, video surveillance system and intrusion detection system. Number three, snow services in Rosendale, Massachusetts. And then lastly, billboard advertising. So marketing for the Connecticut Air National Guard. Now, before we jump in, uh, if you are new to these, uh, the way that we handle since this is a live session is I get started with our first solicitation and then uh, any questions we have, we, we check in between bids that we go through. Sometimes we have questions. Sometimes we have uh, opportunities to expand on things, or sometimes I'll go on a soapbox and then um, I'll go to the next bid. So anything that you have in the chat, feel free to post that. And then we will get to that in between our bids for the day. So let's go ahead and, dive right in to our first launch facilities latrine services so this is for the air force this is due today september 8th okay so this some of these are real bids i mean they're all real live bids but some of them you'll have enough time to go after uh in some cases we have a very short lead time and it's going to be more of a practical example for you small business set aside they do have a septic tank related services next code this is at uh, Minnow Air Force Base for the place of performance, okay? And that's gonna be in uh, ND, so North Dakota. So they're letting us know in the listing description here, they need you to deliver 150 skid mounted portable latrines to be placed at their launch facility sites throughout the complex, okay? So 150, a decent size, uh, potentially decent size contract, depending on the duration. The latrines will be used by 91 personnel. They want the units to be serviced also at least a minimum once per month, which sounds like is also gonna be our responsibility. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven attachments. We have a solicitation. We have a pricing schedule. We have instructions to quotas, clauses and provisions, PWS, wage determination, and then some answers to questions. In contracting, we have uh, Staff Sergeant Justin Lawfrey and Garrett Murray as well. So let's take a look at our solicitation document and get started there. And if you're just joining, welcome, guys. We are diving into our first solicitation uh, bid review for latrine services at Minnow Air Force Base. Okay. So this is a solicitation. It's only four pages. Pretty short. So let's see what this is all about. This is indeed a RFQ, a request for quote. 100% set aside for small business. We already know that. They're repeating some of the information um, for the 150 latrines, but the place 
yeah, place of delivery, but it's really the period of performance is from December 15th of this year through the 14th of next year, December, plus four option years. So this is actually a five-year contract base plus four for providing these latrine services. Okay. You don't always see this because usually they're more like event focused and it's like, you know, a couple of weeks, a month, maybe a couple of months. So this is actually extensive. In terms of this table, this is going to help us with our pricing. Our pricing is going to be based off of this. We have line items 01 and 02, and then 101, 102. That's the difference between the base and the option years. That's how you can uh, differentiate in the line item numbers here. Or in other words, the pricing cleanse. So for the first uh, 01, we have lease and service of the portable latrines, 12 months. Okay, so one year. And then, but we also have, secondly, out of schedule servicing relocation. I don't know exactly what they mean by that, but that's for six each. I'm taking it face value based off of what it says. It says out of schedule servicing slash relocations. They told us at a minimum it needs to be cleaned already once a month. So it wouldn't really be that because we know in CLIN uh, 1, it says lease and servicing. So it's not really the servicing. My guess is it may be some additional like, hey, we need to move these. So more focused on the relocation piece up to six uh, times for the whole like base year and then option years going forward. So that's how I'm taking face value. We'll see if they give us more of a, a distinction. They are telling us this is a simplified acquisition. So it's going to be under 250K. Your quote must be valid through December 15th, uh, even though this is due today, September 8th. They're going to allow for those, say, October, November, three months minimum. Your quote has to be good for at least 90 days, which means if you're getting quotes from your subs, they also have to honor their pricing. They can't be changing it after a month. Otherwise, you need to get a quote from somebody else. They are telling us the clean structure is consistent with the table above. So that's good. Complete the below information. So for your response, part of it, it's going to be very basic. This is just a quote. You want to fill out this basic information about your company and then the valuation criteria. This will be firm fixed price. The following factors will be used to evaluate quotes and that is price. They are saying the past performance record her theory will be assessed as one of the multiple standards required for a successful quote. So I hope you guys see um, this is sort of the things that that frustrate me here. Okay. The following factors shall be used to evaluate quotes price. Okay. Price only. And then coming down factor one price. But the very next paragraph first sense they say past performance record history will be assessed as one of the multiple standards required for a successful quote to be determined responsible. Award will be made to the quarter with the lowest uh, TEP, total evaluated price, and whose quote conforms to the material solicitation requirements. So one would think that even contracting bolded here, the following factor, price would be what they're going to be basing this off of, meaning price only, and it's therefore also going to be lowest price valuation. Then they go on to say this past performance thing, which is a contradiction. And I understand you as a new federal contractor would be like, so what do I do, Derek? What the heck? Like, what is this supposed to mean? So number one, you could always submit an RFI clarification to contracting. Do you want to see past performance or are you referring to um, your price being the only factor to be evaluated. Which one is it? They're both on page three of the solicitation document. Contracting, you tell me. This is incredibly frustrating as a small business government contractor. So one, you could submit the clarification. However, in real time, this is due today, so the Q&A deadline will have passed. So what you would do otherwise is option two is cover our basis. Provide some sort of past performance record history as they're indicating here. And that may even include using your subs past performance since that is uh, allowable so that you have something if you've never done, you know, latrine 
slash anything janitorial in the past. And me as your coach, that's what I would I would prefer you to do. I would prefer you to cover your bases on this. But when there's the time, you, you want to get clarification first before having to kind of overcompensate. Make sense? Quarters are advised that their quote may exceed the requirements, but the government is not requesting or accepting alternate quotes. So no alternate quotes for this. Government tends to evaluate quotes and issue a purchase order based on the initial quotes received. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. And again, factor one, price. Price will be evaluated as followed. Completeness. Price reasonableness. So no unbalanced pricing. And total evaluated price. Nothing made mention down here either about past performance, which is why that's bugging me. Okay, so that's a solicitation document. Let's keep rolling here. Um, they do have a price schedule. I'm imagining that's going to be a total mirror image of that table that we were looking at. So let's just confirm that and probably keep moving on. And yes, indeed, they have a base year tab, um, option one year tab. And it's just for those two, you know, quantity 12, quantity six, lease and servicing, and then the out of schedule servicing and relocation. And that's going to be the case for all. And then the last tab here is going to be the TEV calculation, the total evaluated value. Um, so yeah, no surprises there as we could have guessed. Um, instruction to quoters, really curious uh, what they have in that, to be honest. And for this, they've just did a copy and paste job for an instruction to offers, which does nothing for us. Um, PWS, um, questions and answers. That's probably the last document I'll look at on this one since we already have a really good idea. So let's see what the competition had to ask. Let's see if they caught on to any of the things, guys, that we were considering. Q1, would all units be cleaned once a month or just some? I would assume all, and the answer is all, all 150. Number two, how long would this project be going for? Okay, we already answered that. So you guys, if you're following along, we're ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the competition because we're already two for two. We already know it's 150 and we already know it's a base plus four. Number three, do we need any special clearances? I wouldn't guess that we would need clearances. And if you do need a clearance, they're uh, going to attach, you know, like a DD-254 and they're going to be making reference to, um, you know, some sort of confidential, secret, top secret, etc. We did not see that. Um, it's not something that I would have guessed. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing these bidders are not very experienced with government contracts or reading solicitations. So we are all kind of ahead of the game on this one so far. Q4, is there a time of day limit on when we can clean them? We would get that information from the PWS. We did not open it. But their answer is no. Again, they're outside the restricted areas. Do as you will. And then Q5, soon after submission deadline, uh, how soon will the contract be awarded? Yeah, and they're never going to give you an answer on that because they don't know. So their answer is the contract will be awarded as soon as all quotes are evaluated. So as soon as we finish, you'll know. And that could be a big kind of question mark, especially since this work doesn't begin until December. We don't know if they're putting it on this year's fiscal budget or 2023. Lots of factors will come into play, especially this time of year. So that's our first solicitation in a nutshell. We got three more to go to stay on pace. But as you guys know, we'll go ahead and check in with the chat and see what everybody has going on today. All right, Benel Services. Uh, welcome and Thanks for hanging out with us. Ben, I'll re returning um, community member, janitorial services from New York. Hey, Lala, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Uh, Leighton Wright, I'm a freight broker is working with FEMA considered GovCon. Um, GovCon, different people define GovCon in different ways. The way I define GovCon, government contracting, is it can be on a city, county, state, or federal level. And I know there's inter-city, inter-city, state and also cross country 
um, et cetera, in the federal space for freight broking, freight brokering rather. Um, and FEMA is a federal agency. So for all intents and purposes, I would say, yes, it is considered GovCon. Um, I think your question though, I think just clicked. If you're looking to be a more of the broker rather than the one performing, there are opportunities say to kind of middleman or manage contracts because the government does have a lot of stuff that they need moved and there are solicitations out there for that. Um, I don't think it's going to fit into the model, Leighton, right? If you're doing this in the commercial space already, it's not the same model as brokering, like say B2B. Um, so I would start to familiarize yourself with those federal solicitations, reading through these to see what the requirement really is to see if and how it can be basically overlapping with your existing model. Otherwise you're gonna have to uh, adjust your model um, maybe open your umbrella a little bit to accommodate your customer, your potential customer, which is the federal government. Too many make the mistake, and this is uh, for everybody, of saying, hey, you know, my existing business or I just want to provide XYZ service. And then you you come wanting to do that. And then you start going through the solicitations and you're like, I'm not really finding anything good. Big mistake. OK, you're doing it backwards. I've done a video on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, you didn't learn your customer. So nobody cares, you know, the, the market determines in the B2B and B2C space, it's pretty much the same in the B2G space. Nobody cares what you wanna offer, what you wanna do, like nobody cares. And that, that's like the bold truth. And I say that to help any of you who are, are at this stage of your, your development, nobody cares what you wanna offer, okay? You need to care about your customer. You need to care about what they're buying. They're making a very public posting it on Sam, which is why I say, if you're at the stage, you want to spend an uncomfortable amount of time at the beginning on Sam.gov doing a bunch of manual searches, learning what keywords, next codes, PSC codes, the government is using. Um, what is the language? What are the filters that are going to work to identify to dial in a system that's going to be generating leads, prospects, solicitations that are going to be a close match for what you want to offer. You need to work backwards. You need to spend days, weeks, in some cases, a month or two going through this process, learning instead of fronting, saying, hey, I want to do X. Where is it? You're making a, a, a dangerous assumption that the government's even even buying it. Um, so you need to find out for yourself by by doing this, this process, this work, spending, it again, an uncomfortable amount of time on Sam. And that's for everybody. That's not just for Leighton. Um, Eman S. I know this is not what you're teaching. But I, but I got closer to a finalization, but I was rejected because of lack of references. It posted the bid. I see there are not a lot of note takers. Um, and then my references have not changed. Should I bid again or let it go? I would ask questions. I mean, if they're like recompeting it, it's not going to be just because of you. So the first place, uh, Eman S., the first place to go whenever you're unsure, get clarification, submit RFIs, ask questions of contracting in writing via email and ask the question, um, make the question intelligent. If you need to reference something, reference something so that they know what you're talking about, but, but start there. Um, cause of course you don't want to like be wasting time, but based on what you told me, it, it doesn't seem overly clear. It says you were rejected because of a lack of references. Uh, like, what is that? What does that mean? Does that mean past performance? You know, is this a bid on Sam.gov or is this like a city or state bid? Um, I, I need more context. John Barker, LPTA. Yeah, yeah. Referring to our last solicitation, 100%. Good to see you, John, from LinkedIn. Um, yeah, with these quotes, price only, even though they're sneaking in past performance there, and it's a little unclear. Um, it's underneath the simplified acquisition threshold. Uh, pretty clear that they're going LPT on that for sure. Um, War Dog, what's going on? Good to see you again. Sam uh, just got back with my tin validation and it was a success this time. Woohoo! Nice, War Dog. Now the DLA, DLA emailed me, which DLA are the ones who process the cage code next, requesting further validation of my address. Yeah, 100%. Um, this is your business address. This is huge. Uh, very common. I went through it a couple months ago with a new entity. 
Um, so many people that I'm working with are also uh, experiencing the same exact thing. Um, so provide them the documentation, Wardog, and then you will be probably clearing your final hurdle to getting this processed. So I'm glad you got past that hurdle because you know that the tin mismatch thing does eat up a lot of time. Provide them what they need and you will be well on your way. Leighton, thank you. I'm working on finding that space 100%. It just takes a little bit of time. Just know if you put in the work now, you're going to thank yourself a thousandfold. And I've seen it many, many times, dozens and hundreds of times. I'm just telling you, you, you want to be the one who puts the work in. You don't want to move forward without having clarity at this point. Um, got it, got it. Eamon S, uh, I'm in Canada. So I'm not sure if you're looking at like Canada contracts. Um, it's different, it's a different system. Uh, what I teach may or may not uh, pertain at all because I know nothing about the Canadian government procurement system. Um, so just keep that in mind. This is strictly for... Uh, U.S. federal contracts. Definitely war dog. Sweet. Thanks. Uh, keep you posted. Please do. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue the future lives. So we'll have future opportunities as well. All right, guys, let's bounce to the next solicitation here and keep this train rolling here. And number two is our video surveillance system intrusion detection system. This is for uh, Department of Treasury, IRS. Due on the 15th. So it's about a week. Out before this is due, small business set aside, 561-621 Security System Services, NAICS code. If this is the space you're in or you're looking to add to your umbrella of offering, know that there's an exact NAICS code for this. This is in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, we got a bit of a listing description here. calling this a, also a request for quotation. Questions are due September 9th, so tomorrow. So you see what I'm talking about, guys? They do have a Q&A deadline, and they actually have the proposal deadline itself. It's going to be firm fixed price, and this is to install 14 ceiling-mounted interior mini-dome IP cameras, as well as install the network um, over Ethernet switches, install two security monitors, as well as the network video recorder, the NVR, to connect all signals and pathways for the system. So that's the job, okay? So this is gonna be a job. This is gonna be probably working with a sub. It is small business set aside. Uh, you're definitely gonna be able to find a sub who's a small business to do this in St. Paul, Minnesota should not be a problem. I'm not sure if there's any site visit. We'll keep an eye out for that as we go through the documents. And they're probably going to knock this out in a week. Maybe, you know, that's probably way overkill. Maybe two days, maybe three. Doesn't seem like a big, a big system update. In terms of attachments, we have the solicitation. We have the, uh, let's see, we have this SF-1009 redacted. Curious what that is. And then we have a statement of work. So I'm actually going to look at this redacted document first. and see what are they redacting. Okay, so we're seeing the purpose of the sole source justification is to obtain approval for the purchase of the brand name items. Sole source, single source, okay, our flags. Anytime we see sole source guys, our flags need to be going off. We need to be a little concerned, concerned if this is something we're interested in bidding because they may already have somebody that they're giving it to. And, and to do that, they have to do a, a JNA, a justification and approval um, to give it to, to somebody. So each sole source justification for acquisition added below the SAT, simplified acquisition threshold, shall contain sufficient info. And they're kind of just doing their, they'll usually include a company name in here. Did not see that. This form is not filled out. They are putting a Hassan Villalba, which I'm guessing is hmm, maybe maybe he's the prime uh, the contracting officer, or maybe the overseeing. So yeah, so for this one, we don't see this very often. They and here's another uh, thing to learn from guys that we don't see always. 
the IGCE slash estimated dollar value for this requirement is black box, okay? Independent government cost estimate for every job that you're looking at doing. The government has a number that they write down. Where's my mouse? <laughs> have a number. They get a piece of paper. They write it down, right? Because they have an engineer. They have a PM. They have somebody on the inside who actually knows this stuff. They've done the research. In this case, they've already researched pricing for the brand name. And they're saying, okay, we think this is going to cost X. Okay. And then the government's going to be willing to award, say, within a 10% differential plus or minus of what their magic number is. They don't give you that magic number, so don't ask for that. Just know that they have it. And then your goal is kind of to come into a competitive range of that number. So here's kind of, again, proof in the pudding that they do do that. They do have that. We don't always see it. Um, they blacked it out, and that's because it's on this sole source uh, justification form. So for me, I'm not 100% that they're sole sourcing it, like who they're sole sourcing it to, because that's the one piece that's missing here. They're saying this approved products include these different uh, brands. So I'm just curious, are they using this in some way to say, hey, we're going to be using this sole source to sole source these brands, but we still need to bid this out for a company to select those brands? I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. If the government has a brand they want, they usually just write it into the statement of work and say, we want name brand or equal or name brand only. But we don't ever see them go on a limb to enforce a sole source justification. So I would ask contracting and say, hey, is this being sole sourced or not? Like, are you still soliciting bids? Because I see you have a sole source justification. Um, and it's, redid it's redacted. So it's unclear that they redacted the solicitation and now they're sole sourcing it or they tried to sole source that didn't work and they're redacting it. Now they're opening it up for bid. So those are the questions that I would have for this. I'll spend just a second on the solicitation. You see all that info we gathered, right? Just from that, uh, that document, we didn't even get to the solicitation yet. Um, but I'm just going to spend uh, even less time on the solicitation since this one's already a little sketchy. And we were able to use that as some new learning information that we don't get to see every day. So we have reps and certs they're giving us. Not a whole lot for this document. We have our pricing table, which is just going to be 60 days to complete the work one pretty much job one each so all in the purchase and the install of everything in accordance with the statement of work to this address okay and you got 60 days to get it done once you're awarded see the the attached statement of work for the specific requirements and that's it okay so pretty straightforward so i think that's all we can really derive from this one at this point not a huge sense of diving into the statement of work, I don't think. Um, chat, uh, Emanes, thank you so much. Your videos have helped a lot. Hey, awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you for, for saying that. I'm glad that they help a lot. Lee Thomas, what's going on? Can you explain limitations on subcontracting that are under simplified uh, acquisition threshold? Yeah, that, that's an easy one to explain. Um, does it not apply? Okay, so delete, erase, scribble out. My headphones are tangled. Limitations on subcontracting does not apply on any contract ever underneath the set. Okay. So don't worry about it. You can middleman, you could sub, does not apply. Says it right in the FAR. If you want to read more about this, you want to see the regulations, um, Lee and anybody else, you're interested on, you know, do I need to do my 50% on services or when do I need to do it? Uh, I built out a master class. That talks a lot about the middleman strategy, a lot about the regs, a lot about how to do this the right and legal way, since this is one of the top questions we get. Um, totally free website, govkinmethod.com. Check out the masterclass, just click enroll, and then you're in. It's like an hour, but it's jam-packed with everything that I've 
been able to bear witness to over the last four or five years working with clients. Um, so it's not just my information and my experience, but now I've created something that is reflective of what I'm seeing new federal contractors go through and struggle with. And so it's been really dialed in for that. Um, and a lot of emphasis, like I said, on, on getting started with the middleman uh, process. And also, um, once you do that, the, there we go. Um, that's the website. If you want to check it out, once you do that, four key systems that you can start using today to build your business using Sam.gov the right way, all in the free masterclass again. So check that out. I think it would be a good fit based on what you're asking Lee. And that's a very good question, Lee. So I'm glad that you're asking that. It means you're paying attention um, and you're, you're seeking the right information instead of just putting the blinders on, which some do because other people tell them to do that. You're not doing that. So thank you for that. Adam Murphy. So for the security camera job, when would payment be made? Payment would be made after you complete the work. So it's going to be more of a project-based thing. Uh, usually, you know, like net 30 payment terms, the government honors. Do they do a down payment? Uh, nope. Do larger construction jobs have pay schedules? Are you expected to float the job until completion? So for construction, um, like I said, this is project-based for the cameras, construction, ongoing. You know, if you get into larger construction, six, 12, 18 month jobs, it's progress payments. Okay. And those progress payments are made once key milestones are hit. So do X, you do X, the government's core comes out. They say, yep, they did X. Let's release payment for the first uh, milestone. Okay. Then the progress payment is released. You get paid, subs get paid. Um, everybody's happy. So there's no sort of ongoing billing or anything like that when it comes to those construction jobs. They're progress-based. progress, progress based. Um, Then project-based project, project based jobs are once the project is done. And then service-based jobs are going to be like an ongoing net 30 uh, for, for services that are ongoing, like I said. So hopefully that helps. Um, pretty, pretty direct question, pretty direct answer. Let's... Move on to our next, which appears to be Snow Services in Roslyn, Roslindale, Massachusetts. So this is for the Army, due September 13th. Small business set aside, 561790 for other services to buildings and dwellings. So guys, this is something that I say a lot. If you're at the early stages of learning, Sam, and if you're also at the early stages of learning to find your goods and services on Sam, you want to look for those little clues because even though the government's using a housekeeping and landscaping and groundskeeping PSC code makes total sense for again, what snow services. So that makes sense. They're using a other services to buildings and dwellings NAICS code. So if this is what you're looking for and you're using more landscaping and grounds keeping based the NAICS codes as well that also mirror the PSC codes, you're not going to be seeing this one. Why? Because they use something called other services. So what we need to do is we need to use what we have in terms of keywords, NAICS codes, and the PSC codes that we do have on SAM, get started there, see what pulls up. And maybe we had this PSC code, so it pulled it up, but then they're using a NAICS code that we don't have go and add it to our list. Then we go through this and maybe we're like, okay, um, in terms of keywords, landscaping and groundskeeping, we've got that. But housekeeping, we weren't considering that. Uh, we weren't considering the word dwelling. So if we're using any keyword-based searches, now we're adding those keywords in. So for every bid you're, you're going after, especially in this first days, weeks, and month stage where you're spending an uncomfortable amount of time on SAM, you're fact-finding, basically an Easter egg hunt. Everybody says it's another language, so commit to learning the language. What are those, again, codes and keywords that the government is using? And you can discover that by starting with what you got, what's intuitive, what makes sense and is common sense, but then see what are the other things they're using and then go back and write those down. Then rehash your searches with this new information and then you're going to get new stuff that pulls up. And then just rinse and repeat for maybe a week or so until you're like, okay, I'm seeing the same things over again. A lot of repetition, a lot of repetition. 
then you're like, okay, 80 to 90% of what I'm trying to look for in searches are going to be coming up with this list of criteria, this list of PSC codes, key uh, keywords, and next codes. Then you feel very confident in that. Then you can automate those. Then you can go into your Sam.gov workspace, you know, log in, go to your workspace, set up some saved searches, and then you can set up a search for keywords. You can set up a search for NAICS codes, a search for PSC codes, or whatever mix or combination of those you want to do. Too many skip this step, okay? And again, I talk about that more in the free masterclass, how to do this as well. Uh, but this is what you should be doing right now if you're not getting a whole bunch of bids that are a close match for your business. We have one, two, three, four, five attachments, okay? We have an amendment. We have the base solicitation. We have wage termination, statement of work, and a map. And again, what is this? Snow services in Roslindale, Massachusetts. Let's go ahead and look at the base solicitation first. Okay, 60 pages. We're initially hit with our SF1449 form. Purpose is to provide snow and ice removal at the US uh, USARC, US Army Reserve Center in Rosendale, Massachusetts. Okay. So you could even go and look this up. Like we literally have an address. This is what I do. Like we literally go and, and why not? Let's go and plug that in. Go to maps. Look at the photo. So here we go. Okay. Two seconds. Now we have a way better idea of what's going on. Okay. Snow and ice removal here. Government's going to award single contract from fixed price. It's going to be a base plus four. In your quote, they're saying unit and extended pricing for all the pricing cleanse. And obviously your price should be inclusive of everything, including your GNA overhead and other direct costs as well. They want your cage code. They want you to complete boxes. You know, uh, so I'll show you. Here's the SF1449 form. We always say print date and sign. So the 30 boxes and then also 17 box as well. So name, address, phone number, put your cage code in here. They want you to do all that. So there is a site visit uh, upon request. So this is going to be another one where you're calling ground maintenance companies in this city, set up the site visit, have two or three go out there, and then you have them give you a price. Okay. Unless, of course, this is what you do and you happen to be in the area, then you, you self-perform at 100%. That's obviously more than fine. And it's more than more than fine. You're going to win because you're going to be cheaper than everybody else because everybody else is going to be playing the middleman game, which means they're going to prime and they're going to use a sub. Most people who self-perform are not knowledgeable about government contracting. They're not registered in SAM. Um, so anybody who does self-perform work, you are just missing out if you're not doing this stuff because you'll beat everybody. So we have a pricing clean one. Let's see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I was talking about yesterday. If you guys watched episode 11 or you were on yesterday's live, here they're breaking out because we had another snow removal contract yesterday, but they just crammed it all in. So two to four inches, four to eight inches, eight to 12, 12 to 18 and 18 and beyond is what they did last year. And they made you give you give them one price for everything. And it's like, well, how are you supposed to execute on those different buckets of work to be done? Here they're breaking it out. So they have one bucket of money, one pricing clean for pushes for three to six inches. Next, they have another bucket of money they're setting aside for six to 10. It's going to be more work. Now 10 to 14 and then 14 plus. Then they also have a separated one for the um, salt and sanding, ice melt, and then as well as just to clear the sidewalks. And that's it. So that makes, makes way more sense. They're also giving us quantities. So we're estimating eight times for the, the year. So prices for eight of these. Okay, eight of the three to six inches, five of the six to 10, three of the 10 to 14, two of the 14 plus nightmare blizzards, you know, scenarios. 20 of the salt and sands, and then 20 to clear the sidewalks. 
your subs will definitely be able to quote this. Whereas compared to yesterday's, it would be, I, I basically told them yesterday, good luck. Good luck getting a sub to quote this. And then for these pricing cleans, uh, it's just going to be a repeat for the option years. Option year one, everything's the same. Two, three, and option year four as well. So very, very straightforward. Okay, I like it. Work to begin 23 September. And this is going to be more of obviously an on-call thing where the government calls you or maybe the statement of work tells us something like, work needs to be performed within three hours of snowfall or, you know, six hours of three inches of accumulation. You know, they'll have some sort of uh, context or standard to base this off of. But the contract will go into place as of 23 September, unless they decide to push it back for a late award, but they probably won't in this case, because it probably won't be snowing in September, but what do I know? Maybe it will. I'm from Michigan and we usually have snow on uh, Halloween. And now I'm two years removed in uh, Southern Alabama where I haven't seen snow obviously in two years. <laughs> Big change. So reps and certs, terms and conditions. Any uh, thing at the end here? Yes, maybe. Yeah, so they're giving us an addendum for the evaluation. So they're saying they will review past performance. I'm looking for something more though. So we will come back to that. Yeah, so I'm looking to see if we have a different document, which we don't. We have the map, which, you know, we already looked this up on the Google Maps which this is nice because it gives us the square footage, 79,000 square feet plowed, 6,000 square feet shoveled. Your subs will definitely want to know that. More details are also going to be in the statement of work. In terms of definitions and specific tasks and duties will be important here. So yeah, specific tasks, basic services, okay? Um, remove ice, catch basins, hydrants, dumpsters, wells, snowplow operations, sidewalks, heating, ventilating, and air conditioning, clearing, sand and or salt. Okay, so this is the definitions. You would also want to send a sanitized version of this to your sub. This is the statement of work. Probably wouldn't hurt just to send them the whole thing, but uh, subs get confused. And if you're afraid of them finding the solicitation number, um, you can sanitize it for that reason too. Wage termination, which we know is there. Let's see what the amendment has. Let's see here. The amendment itself contains questions. And guys, if you ever get an amendment, it's not enough to say, okay, thanks. You have to actually acknowledge this formally. And the way that you acknowledge this formally, as you can see, this looks very similar to SF 1449 form. It's actually SF 30 form where you also have to print, sign, and date, and include in your email the contracting. That's how you formally acknowledge this. That's how you submit a compliant offer. Um, you must do that anytime you have a solicitation. So question one, Q1, is there an incumbent? Yes, RLS Associates, the total cost of the previous contract was 187, and that's for a base plus two years, so three years. So divided by three is gonna be 62K a year says they are not eligible to recompete. Maybe this was a previous like 8A um, job and now it's no longer 8A. Could have been like a sole source or something. We don't know. We could look up RLS, RLS Associates. We don't have the previous award number. So it, it will be less easy to go to fpds.gov and look this up. But we could look up the company and try and find this contract and see how it was awarded previously. How many offers were received? What was the set aside? You can see all that in the FPDS page. Does solicitation require us to provide hourly pricing? Provide as you see fit. 
base, but but really, per the price and cleanse is the right answer. This is going to be the bulk of your response to this. I was looking for more of a instruction to offer and evaluation and more of one, but all we have here is this, which is not much. So for this basis of award, adding up the prices, if your prices are significantly unbalanced, you're not going to be considered acceptable. So your prices themselves are going to be helping you to be technically acceptable. The government will review past performance as it relates in the PPER system. If you're wanting to attach past performance to this, I would, or use yourselves past performance. And then uh, fill out your reps and certs, fill out the pricing cleanse, fill out the SF1449 form up here, which is that cover page again. This one, make sure you acknowledge this amendment and also include this. And that's what your response is gonna be looking like for this one. Make sense? These small business solicitation contracts, guys, contracting, um, not contracting, but people that are in this space will argue and say it takes months to put together a solicitation. Well, maybe they're looking at something that's 10 million plus. Okay. So for contracts, even say under 5 million and that are in the hundreds of thousands or 1 million or 750K or 250K or 100K. Okay. These do not take months and like a huge team of manpower to do this. They don't know that we are on a different planet than them. Okay. Cause all they care about is, is 10 million plus. Okay. For us, that's huge. And we're not usually at the stage of being able to perform on those contracts or even wanting to get to that stage yet. We're on the newer end. These contracts you can respond to in a week or less, you know, some cases is a day of effort of bidding and proposal writing tasks. Um, often it's two or three days. In some cases it's an ongoing rolling of one to two weeks as you're getting info from the sub, you're working on the pricing, then you're working on a technical approach, you're gathering your past performance, maybe you're gathering past performance from the subs. So it's kind of an ongoing, you know, a couple of hours a day of work um, over a week or two. Okay, that's reality. Most of you guys do not have a team. Most of you, it's you, or it's you and a spouse, you and a business partner, um, you and plus one. And you're the ones that are doing this. So this is, you are who this is for, okay? Um, and that's why I'm breaking down very succinctly what you need to do to respond to these. Because if you do that, you will be compliant. If your pricing is competitive and you're meeting, satisfying evaluation factors, your offer will be competitive. And if you do that, you may win. If you play the numbers game and you do enough of those, you will win. Okay. So what do we got going in the chat here? looks like everybody's good. We don't see anything uh, else. All right, cool. And if you guys are new, you're just joining, um, consider subscribing to the channel. If you're not, if you're new to the community, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We have one more solicitation to get through today. And that is going to be for billboard advertising. Somebody asked for marketing yesterday. This is close. The way that the government defines quote unquote marketing is different than, again, what you would do in the commercial space, B2B or B2C. And this is it for the National Guard. Okay. They do a lot of recruitment. We all know this. They do commercials. They do like newspapers, physical things, posters. And in this case, billboards. So this is due the 15th. It's actually woman-owned small business set aside. So you have to be woman-owned to respond to this one. This is going to be project-based, right? It's not going to be ongoing. This is outdoor advertising NAICS code. They have that. Hartford, Connecticut. They are giving some info here on the listing description. So we'll wait through this. Making mention to six pricing cleans. So we'll take a look at that in the solicitation. 
Clinch two through six are options, so probably bells and whistles for the billboard. Evaluation. Best value, okay, not lowest price. So first, best value of the day. Past performance, price, and quality. Let's look at that again. Past performance, price, and quality of the proposal and services offered, 25% of the weighted valuation factors will be past performance. So for past performance, you'd probably use a signed company's past performance if you have not done this for your company. Past performance will be evaluated, however, by CPARs. If you don't have any CPARs, you will get a neutral rating. 50% of the weighting will go to the price. Okay, so price and non-price factors will be considered equal. So this is going to be 50% price, so then 50% everything else. And everything else is going to be past performance. And then they're, they're calling quality of the proposal. The evaluation of the offers, it is subjective. And they will do uh, the, uh, an award based on what they think is most advantageous. So make sure you're registered to Sam. Questions are due by the 13th. Responses to questions are due on the 14th. And then bids are due on the 15th. It's a fly in here. All right. So in terms of attachments, we have a PWS, we have a solicitation document, and then we have answers to questions. So we will look at solicitation first. Take a look at what those six pricing cleans they are referencing. SF1449 form. Statement of work. They're giving us dimensions of the billboard. You would obviously uh, share this with the sign shop. And here's the press and cleanse. Uh, billboard advertising. One job. Oh, okay. And then option two is, uh, I'm sorry, clean two is option year one. And then option year two, option year three. Option year four, then option year five. So it's actually a base plus five. So a six-year contract for billboard advertising. This is a sweet contract. Target high population areas within 15 miles of the, the city halls in Connecticut, uh, Hartford. 10 feet by 22 feet must be illuminated. So must have lights, must run for a minimum of two months. And that's for the Hartford one. Okay, so we have multiple actually. Then for the New Haven one, three months, and then the New London location, also three months. Billboards will be used to create greater awareness for Air National Guard. They give you the phone number and the email for the billboard. And then you're gonna keep switching them out. So it'll be interesting to see like, what is it that they want on the billboard? How involved is the government gonna be with the final product? I'm sure the core on this is going to have to be involved. So I'm, I'm feeling like there has to be some sort of design component unless the government's going to be providing that to you. And then you're just providing the billboard services. All they're calling it is billboard advertising. So it's a little unclear at this point. However, the statement of work is not really making mention to any sort of design component because that would be obviously a whole addition to the scope reps and certs terms and conditions wage determination and they're going to give us a wage determination for all three locations wage determinations wds if you don't know are based on county so every county has a different wd and why is that because every County has a different cost of living, so it's adjusted for that reason. We do have a separately attached statement of work, but it's the same thing. It's just one page. I do not see design component to this, so I would actually ask a question to contracting saying, Dear Second Lieutenant Eric Hoss, will the government, oops, will the government please clarify? Will the government be providing right, the designs for the billboards or will billboard design 
and replacement of billboards every two to three months per location be required and priced into this contract as well. So a clarification, is it this or is it this? Make it clear on what you're asking. Will the government be providing the designs or are we required to provide the designs on an ongoing two to three month basis for each location? It's the only thing that's really um, catching me on this. We do have a Q&A, so let's see if the competitors on this ask that question. Does not look like that. Their questions are two. Number one, how many billboards per city? One billboard per the PWS. Number two, would you accept digital billboards? Yes, they are acceptable as long as it's in accordance with the PWS. However, if the digital billboard alternates the advertisements with other ads, then that would be evaluated as part of the quality of services. So yeah, like if you have a digital billboard, we're going to flash this every 27 seconds and then we're going to you know, make more money on this billboard because uh, we've got seven other people that are paying for this real estate. They're going to basically knock you on the rating and probably won't come out being competitive. Did we see the uh, evaluation factor on this? Let me do a control F for our interest of time yeah okay so they did say they did i just forgot this is going to be best value right so the government's going to be paying more for the quality product this is not going to be a check the box pass fail lowest price wins it's not going to be lowest price so pretty straightforward guys are you are you clear on what you would need to provide for this they're rating your cpars and if you don't have any they're going to give you a neutral they're rating your price 50% and then your overall approach. So although they have not come out and asked for like a technical approach to this, you would want to write, um, say with your sub, with your sign shop, a response to the statement of work, not a repetition of, you know, the statement of work is the, what we say, uh, your response should be the, how, so how are you going to accomplish the, what, and do a short white paper, a couple of pages, something like that. Since this is definitely a best value. We want to give the government confidence that you're meeting all the deliverables required in terms of the size, in terms of the timing. And then once we get the clarification and if if you have to do the design or if the government's going to provide you those designs, uh, a response to that as well at a minimum. So hope that makes sense. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, Lee, if you're submitting a bid for service contract under simplified acquisition threshold amount, and the CEO asks for submission of your insurance. Is it possible to use subcontractor's insurance? So Lee, um, you as a an entity registered in SAM and a prime, you should have your own general liability insurance. And that's what you would provide them. If there's additional insurance required, uh, you will be able to demonstrate your subs, but you should not be operating on any contract without general liability insurance for your company. So um, you just wanna make sure you have that. Definitely. So guys, there's so much more to learn about bidding and winning on Sam than what we do during these lives. This is really just a, a drop in the bucket, a drop in the ocean. Um, if you are someone who's trying to bid on Sam.gov now, you're like, Derek, this is exactly what I need. Um, if you're coachable, if you value the power of using systems, some of those we talked about today, um, if, if you really want that step-by-step -step proven process, and if you just want the added safety net of, of me being able to look at your bid and even your, your proposal before you submit it, consider applying to our coaching program. We are very selective who we decide to invite into the program, um, but those who are a good fit, clients who join are responding to their first bids um, the first month that they join. So that's kind of the first milestone, the first goal, get your first compliance submission out there in 30 days or less, okay? It's a huge milestone point um, and there's a lot of good energy and momentum that builds from that. Um, and some are even, you know, will win that bid. Uh, we see a number of wins coming in, in months two and three also. Um, so if that sounds like something that would be tailor-made for you looking to bid on Sam, I do invite you to apply uh, to our coaching program and we'll see if it's a good fit. And if you um, seem like a good fit, we'll, we'll get on a call and, and talk to you more and answer questions. Um, guys, that's what I do on the days that I'm not doing live. I'm on Zoom working with uh, my clients on bidding, you know, so we have our clients that are bidding and they are winning. They are learning this numbers game. 
They are learning how to submit compliant and competitive offers. This is what we're focused on. We're not chasing the shiny objects. You know, that's for the birds. Okay. Let the other people, you know, waste. I don't want, I'm sorry. I don't want to say waste because sometimes I, I, I beat up on things, but there are things that you don't need to be doing when you're brand new to this. If you don't even know the fundamentals, if you don't even know the core of putting together a response, right? Do this for a year. You know what I'm saying? Get it under your belt, then expand and supplement your business if you want to. But don't start with the supplements. You got to start with meat and potatoes, the core stuff. And that's what we work through. Um, and again, I've got a link down below in the description for that. And otherwise, you can just check out the website if you think you'd be interested in something like that. We are um, actively having new members join, but we limit it. And we are very, very, uh, basically very, like I said, um, restrictive and who we're, we're allowing in. Uh, so guys, if you liked this video, if this was helpful, smash the like button. If you're new, you're just kind of checking us out. If you like this, consider subscribing to the channel. We'd love to have you be part of the community. Um, this will conclude our lives for this week. For those who are attending live, what's up everybody on um, LinkedIn, YouTube, we do multi-stream these days, uh, but we will be back um, next Monday and I look forward to seeing you all then as well. So take care and great session, everybody. Thanks for hanging out.